Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Welcome back to part two of this episode on the Parent Ed Podcast. Like, how, how would you deal with it? Like, if, you know, if Zoe has a bad day and she snaps at you and she's rude or disrespectful towards you. Yeah. So I have to first regulate my emotions because when she show me attitude, the truth is untriggered. But sometimes my mom has like fired back at me and says like, what is this attitude? And it really got me like thinking like, why am I really angry? Sometimes I'm not angry. Um, I'm just really stressed. Right. I had a bad day. Someone just said in something. Your teenage mood. Yeah, and it's like mood swings here and there and everywhere. <laughs> and it's hard to regulate these emotions uh, because I'm still growing and I'm knowing who I am and how I'm going to react to these kind of things. And but if she goes overboard <laughs> and I feel she has crossed the line, as in everything, like tone of voice, roll the eye, you know, or raised her voice, mm-hmm. then I will say, uh, hold it there. Okay, this, this is going overboard. So I, I need you to manage your emotions now. So I will name it so that she can go into the space where she also right. find time to right. come down. Right. Yeah. But I will not engage her other than that. Mm-hmm. So it's a one statement to say, okay, you cool it. Yeah, this is too much. Mm-hmm. This almost sounds like both of you are learning to manage and regulate your own emotions yes. at the same time. Yeah. It really is. And she came back and told me this statement, which I find very helpful. She said, Mom, you have to understand, after a full day of school, when she reached home at 7, uh, she said, I, my mouth just refused to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes I'm just like... Because being on your phone is um, entertaining, but like you don't need to do anything. And sometimes I come up like... And like, my mom asks me questions and I reply in my head, but then the answer <laughs> doesn't come out. Ah, yeah. right. So I find that quite triggering. Uh, initially, um, uh, when she start going to... When she's sec one, now she's sec three, right? I feel like this is rude. Your mother talk to you, you don't answer, you know. Yeah. Then when I ask you again, you still ignore me. And then I feel myself very triggered, boiling 100 degrees Celsius on the inside. <laughs> I'm ready to lash out and say, this is not acceptable, look here, da-di-da. Then I slowly learn, uh, I slowly learn this is really, how can I then understand her? Right. And I realise if I give her space, and then I give her a statement to say, look here, this is too much. Then when she regulate, then she'll come back in and then we still I'm can sorry. converse. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is important. Yeah. And so instead of going to a reactive cycle, it's more yes. a, a responsive and a, a positive cycle. Yes, yes. The yeah. differentiation between is this a reaction mm. or can I give a response? Mm. So a reaction is out of a triggered state where I just lash back, which is very easy to do. We do that all the time. Mm. But if I... I'm a bit more mindful then I will want to be able to give a response. Mm-hmm. Response is I'm first mindful of my own emotional state. Yeah. I think through a little bit what I want to say mm-hmm. and I make sure I often ask myself what can I say such that it will be helpful. Right. So this is a discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make it sound very easy but when you are <laughs> triggered and you have to manage your own emotions <laughs> and still think what can I say that's helpful. Uh, it's a whole skill set there. Right. But once we know what will help in conversation and we discipline ourselves to go through that routine, mm. it becomes internalised and it's mm. part of us mm. and I find that it really helps mm. to, to de-escalate mm-hmm. and not end up in a situation where we want to talk but we cannot talk. Right. What, what would be the, the most like, common issues that you all would argue or fight over? 
Confess? Um, <laughs> Confess. <laughs> Generally, I'm quite stubborn when it comes to, you know, shifting my ways. And I'm not really good with change yet. I'm still learning. Um, <laughs> but mainly it's for my Chinese because I have this huge mental Resistance. block. Yeah, and like, I just don't want to do Chinese. Okay. <laughs> because I'm not that great at it. You know, when you're not good at something, it's kind of discouraging to continuously work at something that you're not good yeah, at. Yeah. So, um, but I Chinese, love Chinese. Why? <laughs> I grew up in a Mandarin-speaking family. My mm-hmm. mom was a Chinese mm-hmm. teacher. Ooh. There's this whole thing about, you know, there's huge economical value now <laughs> if you learn Chinese. So you can see the difference in the gender. Yeah. So I was harping at her to please put in a bit more effort, but clearly she's not interested, so effort's not there. <laughs> so I've come to a point of resolution whereby you will still do Chinese, mm-hmm. but I will let you take it according to your pace. Quite painful lah, for me to come to this point uh, because I would, I would really helicopter her and say, do this, do this, do this because I know exactly how to help you improve your Chinese. You know, But I have now learned after three years of or plus six years primary school, nine years of struggle to say that, okay, this is my agenda. Mm. Yeah, can, I, can I not put my agenda on her? Mm. So this is my work first. And when I come to a point where I can resolve within me to say that she needs to want what she wants, and parenting is not about making my child be who I want them to be, but can I love them enough where I allow her to be all she wants to be, and I facilitate the process. But I must say, sometimes, okay, for that, for her style, with me, it works. It will work because I do need that sort of like, I do need breathing down my neck when I'm doing Chinese and shiki. You need that? I don't need that. Oh, you don't so need that? So, I'm really appreciative of that, like, space that she gives me to right. really, like, motivate myself. Because, you know, when you like, when you're motivated and someone tells you to do something, you just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, so, I, it's good that, like, um, I'm able to motivate myself and do things by myself. But, like, sometimes it doesn't work that way. For my older brother, sometimes he <laughs> needs a little push. <laughs> and for other people, it's different. It's just always going to be right. different. So, you got to figure out what you need to do. Then so, the more your mom pushes you, the more you resist. resist. Yeah. Because I think um, she has a good point there whereby we need to know the child. She has some internal structure in place. My eldest boy got no structure. <laughs> so I don't really need to push her because she has a way to figure it out. But when right. your child have absolutely no structure mm. and don't know where mm. to go, then I think as a parent, we want to also be able to give them some parameters and some guidelines. So that itself is safety, you know. When I know where is the boundary, I can roam freely within the boundary. Mm. And, and so I, I think that's that. So what, what's, the, what's the conclusion on Chinese? Well, I'm not really liking Chinese now, but I do, like, really, um, I, sometimes I get that little burst of motivation and, like, you know, I really, like, want to improve my Chinese because, you know, you got to and, you know, China's gonna go. <laughs> so, so, what your mom has said has kind of gone yes. into you. Internalized. <laughs> but now that she's given me, like, the space, I find mm. it so much Right. Like I've got that freedom to choose right. that when I need help I know my mom's going to be there for me uh-huh. so I can go there for uh-huh. help with Chinese uh-huh. but I know that I can try first and I know that you know regardless is my mom's still going to love me whether I do Chinese or not uh-huh. so but what's most important is that she gave me that choice right. and she was direct about it she told me like like directly like you know no passive aggressive 
nurse and you know that's really important because when you you know when you say that it's just a shutdown but you know when she was genuine about it she was like okay you can choose but I mean Chinese was never really a choice but like you know when she gave me a choice to you know work it out on my own or like have her work it out with me I I chose it to do it by myself first mm. but like now when everything gets a little bit harder I know that when I try and sometimes I get stuck I know that my mom is there and I know that I can go to my mom for help mm. and that's good I think that's a very healthy thing okay so part, part of parenting things it's coming to a point where we ask ourselves can I let go letting go is a very scary thing because I am giving I lose control yeah. But letting go in parenting things is very wonderful because mm. if we see that we begin to return the sense of agency to them mm. and begin to return them the autonomy, mm. they begin to experience that they can exist and they yeah. can be who they want to be. That's very empowering, I realize. Yeah. 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 That I can be me. Mm. And that, that complements that differentiation process mm. that needs to happen. It's necessary and important that they begin to differentiate and mm. separate themselves from, from parent mm. and say, I'm different from my mom or dad. I, I therefore can be me. Mm. Yeah. So the letting go is not just letting go and become very irresponsible, but letting go knowing that I am reassigning the autonomy back to them and I'm giving them a sense of ownership and I'm giving back, them back a sense of agency. And there's a lot of trust, I must say, because, mm. I mean, you never know when you're letting go what, how far they will take it or like whether they will take advantage of that trust. But I think it's, um, there's good when there's that mutual, mutual understanding between a parent and child that like, you know, this is my mom's trust that she's placing in with, mm. with me and like, you know, she's given it to me and I can do, uh, like, I can go out with my friends, you know, I can use my phone and all that and mm. I think it's good that like, you know, sometimes, um, you, like, sometimes as teenagers, we don't know the line. So it's good that you communicate. She communicated right. that with me. Right. Like, where, where's the line where you draw it? You know, don't stay up too late. Because when she explains it, like, all that, don't do this because. So then it gives me that reasoning and it's like, oh, I don't do this because da 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 so, so what kind of parenting style would you say your mom has like is it the typical Asian tiger mom you mm. know <laughs> breathing down your neck and making sure you told the line <laughs> um, my mom used to be pretty tigress lion even <laughs> yeah bear agree yes yeah. really but I must say she's had a lot of growth since then and right mm. now I've like um, I've been more independent since I've been in secondary school, spending more time in school right. and CCA and all that. So I'm a bit more occupied. So I tend to get things done, come home, do my homework. And then it's like, you know, it's really by myself. But, you know, I know my mom is there. Like when the time gets really stressful, or like in the car, when we're having that sort of um, casual conversations, mm. it's so good. I don't know how to describe it, mm. but it's so free. It's a free rain <laughs> parenting style. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Zoe mentioned about the building trust. I really remember when I was running one of the parenting workshops uh, mm -hmm. using focus material, which is wonderful. Uh, they talk about the fear of love. Yeah. So again, I said, it's not just letting them go and letting them roam freely. We have to uh, give them boundary and parameters. Mm -hmm. And so the V of love, which is L-O-V-E, where the V, if we just signal the V sign, mm -hmm. the younger they are, 
we will not give them as much freedom. Yeah? But the older they are, we need to begin to give them space and, and some freedom so they can go and experiment and they can try out for themselves and bear some consequence. Yeah? I always tell the teenagers, you want freedom? It's a package deal. Yeah? Because once you make your own decision, you have to be ready to also take the consequence. And consequences are the best teachers. So as we go up the V, uh, it widens. It will simply mean that when, when they become older, we need to give them space. But I also want to put in one uh, variable factor. Don't go by age. Yeah? Because some children mature faster and you don't hold them in when they are ready to grow. So you go by track record trust. So you observe whether your children is able to build a track record of trust. With Zoe, I, I thankfully, and uh, I don't have a lot of issue. But if we talk about a child that is maybe not so mature yet, although they are still, they are also 13, 14, 15, right. but they are not so responsible, they cannot uh, honour their word. Right. You know, they tell you they'll be back by 10pm, they never see them, you know. <laughs> then they are not ready. Right. You know, for that big space. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have to hold them in the line yeah. and hold them accountable yeah. first until they can build that trust with us. Yeah. Then we can gradually let go. Yeah. So the pacing of when to let go, how much to yeah. let go, yeah. it's really a skill. Yeah. And in it relating, relating with our team, then it will help us to know how much to let go because yeah. it's really very child-specific. Yeah. And it will not be wise to just apply a blanket rule to say, yeah. 13, let go this much, 14, <laughs> this much, 15, this much. There's no such thing, right? We yeah. can have an 11-year-old that's quite ready to grow and, yeah. and be very responsible. Then I think we can let go. Yeah. And then we hold them accountable as they build a track record trust with us, then we will let go accordingly. And I think that's really the, the art of parenting. It's not just a science. Yes, right? But exactly. it's a good reminder that, you know, even if you think of the V, it's, it's progressive. Mm. Yeah, and progressive based on, like you said, uh, carries the, the maturity or the readiness of the, the child to take on more responsibility as yeah. responsibility comes with more freedom. Yes. Right? Uh, the trust and the relation. But I, I think really what I see between the two of you is that there is a very, very strong uh, foundation of relationship. Mm. Yeah, mm. and I think, you know, there's always this uh, uh, great saying, right, that rules without relationship well, breeds rebellion. Correct. <laughs> yeah, and I think even as we talk about, you know, disciplining uh, at the teenage age, it's a different kind of discipline we were talking about. Yeah. And the objective seems to be to help our child to uh, mature, to be independent, to learn that their decisions have consequences. Mm. Yeah, and with that, it sounds like all the more there needs to be that constant communication and the one-on-one -on -one time that you guys enjoy and have. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your lives with us. Uh, I really wish that you know more parents and teens out there can enjoy that same kind of closeness that you two have. Mm. Yeah, if there's one thing that you you know you want to encourage, maybe someone your age, Zoe or, or Carrie's another parent, um, to start fostering that that parent-child bond at the, in the teenage years, what would it be? Um, even though it might sound really. Oh, but <laughs> I think respect is really important in a relationship. Right. Especially when disciplining your kid or when discipline comes into play, mm -hmm. it's very important that as teenagers, we respect that authority. Because right. there is ultimately in this relationship, there is, this is my mom and this is me. And my mom has been given the authority to oh. take care of me and all that. And I should really respect her 
decisions and all. But it mm. goes both ways. True. That parents don't misuse that mm. like respect mm. and like, oh, you know, now I'm in power and you can do whatever I say. But it comes with a lot of understanding and that respect needs to be... Because when I respect my mom, what she says really matters to me. Mm. And what she says and the consequences that she says suddenly all make sense and they all have meaning. I guess it makes, it, easier, it makes it yeah. easier for her to respect you too, mm. right? Mm, yes, definitely. Wow. wow, to hear that from a young person, <laughs> respect. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. I least expected this word. <laughs> yeah. And, and for me, uh, for all the parents out there who are listening, I personally feel very strongly that the teenage season, it's really, if I may say, the final window where we can put in our parenting perspective to continue to sow the seeds that in time it will it will really grow and blossom and I think it's never too late to start if you're listening to this and you feel that well my, my, my children are not so connected to me then there is a signal and indicator to say that we can all start now yeah we, it's never too late we all can take one step at a time yeah first make time Mm. Yeah. and then we think about how we want to use the time be very intentional because we all face with the time crunch Singapore lifestyle it's very busy and very demanding mm. there are always competing demands mm. so when you make time it can start with 15 minutes mm. 15 minutes a day that sounds think, doable yeah for most people it, it's doable then I think this 15 minutes be intentional how do I want to use it mm. yeah can I really focus on building relationship. What, what's a good conversation starter? Besides, have you done your homework? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the last one. You know, if you, uh, there are different ways. For me, I like to tap into the emotions because I know teenagers are going on the emotional roller coaster. Oh. I always use feeling words to kind of trigger that conversation, you know. Oh. What is one thing that happens? So one thing is focus. Then you do not talk about too many things. What's the one thing that you really enjoy today? What's the one thing that really impacted you today? What's the one thing? Sometimes I talk about sadness. Mm. Yeah, I tend to go into sadness, what frustrates you, what makes you really angry. Those emotions that people don't usually talk yeah, about. Yeah. But I I think teenagers feel all the time. You don't feel put off when you no, ask that. I it's actually got good plenty to, to say. Like, Right. Someone come to you and, you know, genuinely ask okay. you how you're doing. So that's even more real for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Versus try to make things look rosy when they're not. But mm. I would say, like, don't force the conversation. Mm. Don't, like, go in like, how's your day been, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, really, like, try to get something out of it. It's okay if your kid tells you, oh, it's fine. It's been going well, you know? Because everything takes time. These conversations, it slowly gets deeper. Mm-hmm. Once you build that psychological safety, I think it's good. Then that's when it starts to progress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't like go in with the. And then if you get stuck, you know, it's it's just good to always fo- focus back to your intention that you want to get closer to them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's good to you know vocalize your intentions like yo, you, not yo, but <laughs> it's like hey, you know, I really want to. Um, get, get closer to you as no, oh. you know it's good to be direct about it also sometimes. even from the teenager to the parent mm, yeah wow wow these are such like valuable nuggets thank you and and just just finish up the frame mm. so uh, 15 minutes to start off with and then be very intentional how can I create an experience mm. where my teenager can be seen for who they are mm. how can I and on another night create an experience where I can really make sure I listen to what they have to say. Mm. Another night, 
how can I create an experience where I can learn to understand them? So sometimes oh. it's, Zoe, you have to teach me about you, you know, help me understand you. Wow. And I sit there and just That's a good listen. One. Yeah. Yeah, and, and slowly but surely, as we do this and we set aside just 15 minutes, mm. uh, the teenager will begin to test to see whether you really want to know them. Mm. And once you kind of build that relationship, that's the beginning of relationship. What is relationship? Ability to, for you to see me for me, for me to see you for you. Mm. Then you will begin to reap the rewards and you'll find that, oh, it's not so difficult. Then you begin to build a family culture where people can come together, feel safe and talk. Yeah. 15 minutes a day. Very doable. I think it's very doable. And I hope all the everyday parents out there try something. Like yes. you said, you know, it's never too late. Start today. Um, thank you so much for... Yeah, I really enjoyed this chat with both of you. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> and having just us. how real you've been. Yeah. Uh, if um, anyone out there would like more resources uh, with regards to parenting or family life, you can always check our website. That would be www.family.org.sg. And if there is actually a really, really pressing question that you have on parenting, or you know, you 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 just want us to address some topic, you can always write in to parent at. Uh, that's P-A-R-E-N-T-E-D at family.org.sg. This is Joanna Koho for the Parent Ed Podcast. Until next time, keep calm and parent on. <laughs>